All right, guys, and I have a special guest here today for the podcast, George Strombolis uh, from Orange County, California, actually born in, uh, in Canada, lived in New York City. Now he's in California, and uh, George is an international business person. Uh, right now, he's focusing on manufacturing all across the world, but he's done so many different ventures uh, in real estate, media, TV production, you name it. So we're going to jump right into it, George. First, thank you for being uh, being on the podcast today, man. And I'm, I'm so, um, so glad we finally got connected and uh, we're getting this rolling, man. Absolutely. Very, very excited. And uh, thank you for the intro and just ready to jump into it. Awesome, man. Awesome, George. So let's, let's just, let's start right from the beginning. I mean, you're, you're an entrepreneur, right? I feel like uh, us entrepreneurs are wired differently. And uh, I feel like we've been, we've kind of been like that since day one. So what, what got you on the path to business and entrepreneurship? Sure. So I born and raised in Canada to immigrant parents from Greece. And when you're an immigrant in a foreign country, right, you, you can't just go and work, you start your own businesses, right? So there's the stereotypical professions that certain cultures gravitate to. Uh, I can speak to it about my people. So being Greek background, it was always the, the restaurant industry. Uh, so my parents immediately into the restaurant industry. I grew up in the re restaurant industry uh, from four years old, I remember. By five, six, I remember in the back shopping lettuce, prepping French fries, helping the restaurant industry. So at a young age, I was learning, my sister and myself, we were learning about the economics of bacon and buying produce better and doing all this stuff. And it was the ultimate business class, business study program from a young age that before I even got into high school, university and studying business administration and marketing, I was already exposed to it on a small mom and pop scale. And I was wired at that program to know that either you work, you work your ass off or you're not going to eat. So that's, that's essentially where it came from. Uh, and seeing my parents with no education, didn't know the language locally, you know, people making fun about the food you eat and all this stuff, even growing up in Canada, just kind of wired me to, to go on that path. Wow. That's awesome, man. So yeah. that is kind of like that. They call it the immigrant edge, right? That, that, um, that fire that, you know, that, that hustle that is so, so important, man, to business entrepreneurship so and you can't, and, and it, I feel like you can't, it's hard to teach, you know, and, and, uh, but you, you know, obviously you've got that from, it sounds like you got that from, you know, watching your parents and, and growing up in, in the restaurant business. So, um, so you're in, you know, your parents are in the restaurant business, you're growing up with that type of mindset mentality, you know, after, you know, throughout your school years, did you know, Hey, you know, after, after I graduated high school, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to jump into business. What was kind of the mindset and the plan Yeah. Uh, after that? Yeah. So great, great question. Uh, in high school, like I remember like business classes, we had to design like a business. So I was coming from the restaurant industry. I'm like, oh, let me design my own nightclub and this and that. So it was always, I wanted to do my own thing, but then I was always attracted to big industry, large corporation, just seeing that. So one of my first internships in university was for uh, the European Union government agency. So I was living in Greece Wow. Uh, while doing my, my program and I was exposed to the government side of it and working with local ho hotel owners who wanted to expand and tap into certain funds from the European Union. So at that point, I, I started realizing I, I like the smaller hustle and I was helping them develop business plans to try to get funding from a government agency. So the, the big industry 
kind of left my, my aspirations. And then I, I started wanting to do my own thing. So that's kind of where it started, like really that exposure. And I remember I was interviewing at the time before returning back to Canada with some corporations uh, for a marketing position. And I was just looking at it on what they would be paying me coming out of the box and, you know, where I would have to go progression wise. And I was just, it just, it didn't appeal to me at that point. So that's when I went back, regrouped, and then started, you know, my first job at a university was in Ireland. So I moved to Ireland for two years, wow. uh, which exposed me to the Irish culture, which is amazing, right? Uh, how witty they are, you know, the, the whole British Irish wit, it's on another level and they'll run circles around us. Yeah. Right. Did they just make fun of me or was that a joke together? And, <laughs> you know, and by the time you leave, you're like, no, they were making fun of me, but I didn't yeah. like, it's just amazing. Uh, so that, that was my first entry into that. Uh, I don't know if that really answers what you were saying. Yeah, but. no, absolutely. So it sounds like, you, you know, you, you kind of were, uh, you know, kind of seeking out some different things, you know, getting some different experiences. Did you, I mean, cause you, look, you're, you're, you, you do international business. That's not an everyday thing. So it's pretty, it's really what attracted me to you at first. When I saw your page, I was like, wow, this is really freaking cool. I mean, not only this guy's doing real estate, he's doing it all across the world, which is, which is super impressive. I mean, did you already, did you always know that you wanted to be kind of international or is that just something that just kind of happened uh, organically? Yeah, I remember. So 1994 was the world cup in the United States. They were hosting mm -hmm. it here and I was 13 years old. I'm born in 81. And even then at 13, my dad, who's hard worker restaurant, he ended up buying us four tickets to drive from Canada to go to Foxborough Stadium in Boston okay. to watch Greece play Nigeria. It was the first time Greece ever qualified. So we drove nine hours, we go there. And even going there internationally, coming back to the international, I was like, all right, I got to sell something at the game. So I started looking over in China and this is pre Alibaba, pre, you know, mainstream internet. And I found a supplier of those electric fans that, that have a mist. And wow, I'm like, oh, yep. this is great summertime. And I'm looking at container quantities at 13, 14 years old. And if I import them and what are the tariffs? And I'm doing all this at 13 in preparation to go to the World Cup. And by the time, like timelines and whatever, it didn't work out. But at that point, like I was already thinking internationally, right? I would go to Greece every summer with my sister uh, and we would stay there for two months at a time. We'd be meeting people. So that was that. So when I launched my, my current company with my, my business partner, uh, it was a very simple model. It was manufacturing in Asia because that was our background okay. and selling to America, American companies here, uh, very standard. And as we started getting into it and we had non-competes with our previous company, uh, we started looking at other markets, other types of products, you know, not just lighting. Can we start doing interiors? And we were already working with national accounts and then we're like, all right, well, where's the best place to produce furniture? Vietnam, Thailand, let's get on a plane. And we're going there and we're literally going to factories, introducing ourselves, cold calling, trying to develop relationships together. And that was kind of our entry into this. And we just looked at it. And eventually from the States, the world just became, you could be anywhere in the world within 17 hour flight. Like, think Absolutely. about that. Think about that. Like 17 hours right now, if I drove, 17 hours, I could get to three more states. Like you can fly anywhere in the world. So that's the easy thing. The world's so connected today. The, the next thing is like the geopolitical, what's going on. 
the tariffs, all this stuff. And if you can navigate that, and it's so easy with the internet nowadays and finding like-minded people, right? We met through connecting and saying that, well, you know what? Is there another Blake or another George in Vietnam that I could try to partner with? What about Malaysia? What about this market? And eventually the, the first few years of the business was setting up these strategic markets. And right now my business is in over 30 countries around the world. We have product installed in 30 mm-hmm. countries around the world. And uh, right now we're opening our office in Athens. I actually fly to Athens, Greece in two days. Wow. Um, so that's gonna be our European office. We're building a new office in Canada. And then we have one coming up in Buenos Aires, Argentina. So it's just keeping that momentum going and then finding the formula and, and applying it locally. That's, that's freaking phenomenal. And, and it's a great excuse to travel. <laughs> At, like, there's no better place. And I'll tell you something. Uh, so pre-COVID, because COVID kind of threw everything yeah. up and not to date this, this episode, but right. pre-COVID, I was flying 300,000 miles a year. Wow. Which is, I think it's 27,000 miles is the circumference of, of the planet. So do yep. the math, nine or 10 times around mm-hmm. the world. And in 300,000 miles a year, I only had something like 22 or 24 hotel nights, which is insane. So like the Marriott, I was checking in in December because I'm doing red eyes everywhere. Like I literally would leave from LA to New York on a red eye there and back in 23 hours because I have young babies at home. And I just, I didn't want to be that guy who's traveling in a way. Once a month, I'm flying to Shanghai and back in 48 hours Wow, and back. So and there's no better place to be in the air. You step in, that's your 12, 14, 15 hours of watch a movie, catch up on some work, disconnect from this shit that we're absolutely, to, you know? Yep. Yep. So it, it's, there's no better place to be up in the air, you know? Yeah. No, I love it, man. And this, this is, this is, this is really, really cool. Cause like I said, not, you know, it's not an everyday thing to have business in 30 different countries. So obviously it's, it's an awesome, awesome thing to do, but what are, what are the challenges, right? I mean, there, there obviously has to be uh, a lot of, you know, hurdles because if it was easy, everybody would do it. What are the biggest challenges that you've, that you've seen throughout the process of building, building your company? Yeah. So the first thing is the foundation at home, whether you're, you know, single in a relationship, engaged, married, divorced, whatever it is, if you don't have a foundation or support network at home and not physically just at your home, it's like, whether it's your parents, grandparents, you, you always need that support of just, hey, you're on the right track or you're not, right? right. So you, you got to filter the noise. So for me at the time when I started, my girlfriend already knew I was like this. So she came into this world and she knew this is what it was now my wife and truly supportive, right? So that's the rock star. The, the other thing is just having the balls. It's not easy to Go to a market and it's not leaving the US and going to a Canada or to a London or to an Australia where it's all English speaking, culturally similar. Right. You're, you're going to Vietnam, right? You're going to Thailand and you're trying to go there to develop relationships with new factories where they're already apprehensive. They're trying to take advantage or whatever they're trying to do. So you, you got to have the balls to, to just go out there and, and make it work or fail. And then obviously economically, you got to try to make this work as well. So it's you know, the recap, the foundation, you got to have the balls, right? The, the right. confidence yep. for a better term of putting that. Uh, and then you got to have the, the finances to do that. Then here's the other thing going into this. You don't know politically what president is in office now, what elections are taking place, right. what vendettas they have, because during the course of the last six years, 
Uh, we've seen governments change, tariffs come into place where I was importing this for a dollar. The next day it's a dollar 33 mm. on every dollar. You know, and it, it removes that, which then transitions you to say, hey, do we start manufacturing locally? Can we start doing that? Because I do want to build in this country. Right. Um, but we've had so many barriers. So there's so many different things internationally. It's always changing. There's a war that started now in Ukraine. I know. How is that going to Right. It's so you, you have to you have to stay on top of, 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 of your international affairs. I mean, it, it's because. You know, it's easy for some people, even maybe, for, I mean, I'm, I'm across the country here in the U.S., but, you know, it's pretty easy. I mean, we're, we're doing real estate transactions. I don't, you know, it, we're, we're closing a deal in Covington, Georgia today. It's not that much different than, you know, Houston, Texas, where I'm at. I mean, but you're dealing with such different, you know, uh, such different ways of, of culture and, and, and living. Yes. What's, uh, as far as your actual dealings with your your you know, the people that you're working with and on doing your business deals, what are the, maybe the biggest hurdles? Uh, is it communication? Is it, you know, cultural differences? What are the things that, you know, that you have to kind of overcome on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. So, so the communications key, we were fortunate early on. So we, we were pulled internationally and this is always a good, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, one of my accounts was California pizza kitchen, right? It's a restaurant chain here in the U S right. I think like 600 locations. Uh, they were opening some locations in the Middle East, Southeast Asia. I started supplying them there. So it started with an American company, like-minded, right? But then you go to these markets and now I have to work with the local guy in Malaysia. Right. So commu- communication's key. Negotiation is key. It's, it's incredible. Uh, and this isn't taken away from any countries around the world. I'm actually a, a Greek and Canadian citizen and newly American citizen. The United States, there's no country like the United States. Like if you're born here, you oftentimes maybe don't realize it, the foundation and what is set up here, it doesn't matter if you're in Texas dealing with Washington, dealing with whatever, the foundation and the framework that's set up here is like no other. And the more I deal outside of the country, the more I I appreciate truly what, what this country provides. It's on another level, you know? So communications key, Greece, I've been working in Greece over 15 years. And they have a newer government right now that's very business friendly, stepping away from the whole old socialist. Right now, I'm setting up my first office in Greece, even though I've been working there for 15 years, because geopolitically, things have changed and shifted, and it makes sense. So it's, it's the communication, but if you're not finding your local counterpart in that market, it never works. So we always try to find that person that's our catalyst in that market to set the office up with, communicate, and then be our feet on the street. That's smart, man. And it, it's, it's, you know, obviously it's, uh, there's a saying it's, it's who, not how. So it sounds like it's kind of, you know, who, who can I connect with that already, that already is already there that can have, kind of help facilitate some of this stuff versus trying to figure it out all on your own, which is, you know, it's hard enough to do that, you know, in your own backyard, but let alone across the, uh, you know, across the world. Absolutely. What is, what does your team look like? I mean, is it, obviously you're doing a lot of business, uh, you're all over the place. What kind of infrastructure uh, with your team that kind of helps you day to day on your operations? Absolutely. So we we founded me and my business partner. So just even team will talk about, but if you're going to do partnerships with anyone, I've been burned in the past. Yep. Uh, my experience and advice is you always have to team up with someone who's who's like-minded, obviously, but also has a similar economic background, family background. So it's an even playing field, right? right? I have that with my business partner. It's, 
the most amazing relationship because we're similar in age, similar with children, age gaps, and we're coming from the same background versus this guy's the money investment guy. You're, you're never going to align. Yeah. So we founded our company in New York. And once we founded it, decided I'm going to move to the West Coast. My wife's from here. We're going to set up our footprint here. So when we first launched, it was New York, LA. And our New York office is the home office where we have you know accounting, financing, right. engineering, and project management. Out here in California, where I'm at, it's uh, warehousing, marketing, sales, support. But from day one, we've established just strategically, we wanted to be a 24-7 operation mm. because our clients are everywhere. We didn't want to be, hey, it's after, it's 5.05, guys. Sorry, we can't respond. Right. So we started developing offices in markets that would carry a 24-hour, six and a half days a week coverage. So we said, okay, let's look at Argentina, similar time zone with New York, great talent. Then we started going towards the UK. Then we started going towards you know, a little more east in Europe in Athens, which covers the seven hours. Then we opened up in Shanghai, which covers that. And then we started going a little backwards. So we're located in all our satellite offices. We have anywhere from two to four, two to five uh, key employees that wow. design, marketing, um, engineering, product engineering, uh, lighting engineers. So we've set that up. So up until Saturday, we're covered six days a week, just oh. around the clock. And then oh, we have our, our factories that we have ownership in, in China, but then we also use component suppliers. So our network, our, our core company is fewer than 50 people around the world. But when you start adding, adding our factories and subcontractors, it's in the hundreds. Wow. That's, that's, that's awesome, man. But it's, I think that's the only way you can do it to make it really successful and not, and not kind of lose, uh, lose your grip of, of the business is having really key people in each, in each location. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's like the only way people are, are the, uh, are the X factor hundred percent. I mean, so when it comes to finding this talent, I mean, how do you, I mean, that's, that, that has to be tough, right? Finding key talent in, in, in these different uh, markets across the world. What is some of your ways strategically to be able to help do that? Yeah. And by the way, Blake, you're, you're excellent at like navigating and doing this. You're, you're really good at it. Thank you, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it, it's always hard. The, the toughest part is the busier you get, right. And we had a chat before we started this episode yeah. is, uh, you know, we, you think it's easy to find the right person, but it, it's when they're not the right person. And then you have to go through the process and part ways. It's oh, just that man. energy that's yeah. just wasted, right? <laughs> yeah. So the the one of the hardest positions for us to hire, it, the, the simple ones are, you know, the financing, anything that's very black and white, you either sure. know this or you don't, yep. is fine. The biggest challenge for hiring for us has been uh, that American mindset and replicating that outside of the United States. Wow. Again, not saying Americans are better or worse. But we here in the States, it's like, go, go, go. We're going to yeah. do this round the clock yeah. energy. And then you start going to other countries that have different structure mm -hmm. and whoop, I got my 40 days vacation this year and I got this and I got that. Uh, that's always been a challenge and will continue to be because we're trying to merge cultures when you can't, when someone's sitting at a desk in this country and we're here, it's always going to be like that. So we always tap into the top two to three websites like, you know, career builder locally for whatever those markets are. And we'll spend the money there to try to attract the right talent. Uh, but we've been fortunate enough, just word of mouth too. So I'm, I'm connected with a lot of 
influential people in certain markets, whether it's a diplomat or someone, and they always know the right outlets to go and say, hey, you want to find the right lighting designer or engineer? Why don't you talk to my buddy who's the professor at the school? So we've organically been able to do that. Uh, and then Athens is one of our, Athens will be our second best, biggest hiring effort outside of China and New York. In China, wow. we have a big office uh, and we're, by the end of next month, two months, we're going to have 10 people in that office. Uh, and we're already at four or five. And I'm going to be there in a couple of days to finish up some uh, interviews. Uh, and, and it's a challenge, right? But you have the right person. I have the best uh, managing director for the European office who's going to coordinate that, who takes the load off, off me having to micromanage that uh, and, just, and just finding the right stuff. It's no different. It's just throwing the cultural aspect, yep. which we even see it here, Blake. Yeah. You know, uh, moving from New York to California, that's a cultural difference as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? absolutely. I'm, I'm sure you see it in Houston. Like, tell me, like, where, where do you see certain cultural differences, even within our own country? Well, 100%. I mean, that's when we, we went, uh, we went nationwide in our real estate last, last March. And so, so before that, I was in Houston and San Antonio. And San Antonio is like three hours from Houston. So it's, it's basically the same thing, right? I mean, it's the yep. same type of market, same type of, uh, you know, culture with people and how they, how they work. But yeah, um, not only is real estate different across the, across the country, which I had to learn, um, but also just the way people, the way people communicate and the way people work. I mean, if, right. if we're doing a deal, you know, in Jersey and we've done that, it, it's, it's a different speed. It's a different vibe, right? It, the seller oh. expects the, uh, you know, maybe more communication, faster communication, uh, you know, and, you know, you're doing a deal in Alabama, man, you, you, we may not, it's a slower speed, right? I mean, you know, I mean, uh, I, I remember we had this one deal in Alabama and then we actually screwed up. We, we forgot, we did the contract sent over to the title company and we actually, just, we had so many contracts going at the same time. We actually lost sight of it and didn't reach out to the seller two months go by and, and, and the seller was not only cool, he, he didn't even reach out and we find Can you imagine in yeah. another, yeah, no, you know what I mean? So it's just like, there's different, there's different, you know, different areas more, uh, you know, your obviously your Metro areas are going to gonna be different, but yeah, I mean, it's, I couldn't imagine, you know, the difference here in the country, but then you take it out worldwide. I mean, it, oh. it's so many different variables keeping people happy. Uh, you're keeping your customers happy, keeping your employees happy. There's all these different yeah. pieces. You, you spoke about the alignment with your business partner. What is, what is kind of his role? How does he yeah. sort of support you and in, in, in your operation? Yeah. Great. We, we always joke about this. Like we talk more to each other than to our own spouses and we yeah. love our spouses. It's a marriage, right? man. It's a marriage. Yeah. No, it's, it's a marriage. And uh, I'll tell you what, usually they say marriages or whatever unions fail when there's money problems, right? They say like, that's the root of a lot. So me and my business partner in 2020 went through the worst financial situation we've ever been in the history of our company. Mm. Um, if the country is not building, we're not selling our products, right? It's, a, it's very simple like that. Uh, so it was very bad. And during that, that time, that toughest time, we even came together and it's like, no, we're in this, we're going to do it. We're going to find a way. And that just solidified, like we're in this together. So we, we align, he is brilliant on the technical side. He's got his masters in lighting. He understands the, the technology on why the led diode does this and that. 
So he's great on that side. And then my side is the strategy. What markets are we going to go into? Why, you know, the clients. So we've married that. And what, where I lack, he's excellent. Where he lacks, I'm good. You know, and we made it work like that. And then anywhere else where we're not good, just hire the right people to support it. Um, but it's all hands on deck. And look, it's different. My background, I, I come from the restaurant industry. You, you know, if the cook didn't show up, you jump in the kitchen. If the right. waiter's not there, you go in. His background, he grew up in corporate America. You know, his dad worked for a Fortune 100 company and wow. it's different. So to come together, you know, and, and make that work, it's two different worlds, but it's the most beautiful uh, business partnership I've been in so far. And we've been over 10 years, we've known each other. So it's a big deal. That's, that's pretty awesome, man, because, you yeah. know, uh, they say, obviously, the divorce rate is, is high, but I feel like a lot of business partnerships don't last either, because like you said, there's a misalignment, um, there's a miscommunication. And yeah, I mean, outside of your, of your marriage, that's probably the most, you know, your marriage and your kids, that's probably the most important relationship that there Absolutely. is. Absolutely. You know? And like, I, I see stuff with my business partner where I'm like, man, I should apply that in my personal life. You know, like I'm asking for his opinion on stuff that not that I don't need it because of, of an ego. It's just like, no, I know this is what we need to do. We're going to do it. But you show that respect on certain things and vice versa. Hey, George, what do you think about this? Right. Where it's like, yeah, you know what? I, I should probably do that more even in my own house with my wife and engage more. And so it, it's, it's learning and by no means have I mastered it. We're working on it daily, right? With business, yeah. but- if you can survive the worst of the worst, you know, hopefully you guys can do good when, you know, we're climbing right now. Right. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Let's, let's go into some, maybe some, uh, intangibles, you know, uh, you're successful, you're international, uh, you have, you know, uh, obviously you have a great support system with your family and your wife and your children. What, what, what are some of the, the behind the scenes stuff that, that George does to kind of, position himself to where he's, he's showing up as, you know, the best version of, of, of yourself every day. What are some, maybe some mindset stuff, you know, that you can kind of tap into? Yeah. So the, the mindset I'm, I'm trying, I guess, religion wise, right. I, I grew up Christian. I'm, I'm a proud Christian. Uh, I'm trying to re-engage more there because mm. it has me too. Been on me okay. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and I have no shame in saying that. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm not perfect. I'm not, I'm not perfect by any means, but yeah. I, I know growing up, the church was always associated with culture with us and yeah. you just did it procedural. And the older I get, I'm like, no, you know what? There, there's more there. So that's just a personal, uh, personal thing that I need to pursue and not just for me, but for my kids. So that's one thing that the mindset for me is, you know, kids first, they've taken away my free time. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but if I wasn't working before, then I was traveling and, you know, doing that. So the kids have helped me realign, uh, being able to disconnect from this, right. Cause it's so easy, even if you're with your spouse or with friends or with whatever, my biggest pet peeve is sitting at a table with someone and it's just nonstop when, when it's not needed. Like if you can't disconnect for 45 minutes to grab a bite, a, a, a meal, right. Uh, you know, if, if your kids and everyone that matters is right there, it's like disconnecting. So mentally, you no know, phones in the room have stopped. I won't look at my phone between certain hours. Cause then you just get sucked in and what's yeah. mine's around the clock when I'm sleeping, China's awake, India's yeah. awake and all this. So that's that. And then I've started I haven't been the best at reading books since I've started this company, 
but uh, I'm cheating and I'm using Audible a lot to try Me to stay too. current, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's cheating and people are like yeah. listening to the book. Yeah. Uh, but it's better than nothing. So uh, there's, there's a, you know, I try to stay current with there, but by no means am I, you know, it should be part of any book club. You know, I see what other people are reading. I'm like, I, I should be doing more. But at a minimum, you know, on a long flight, I'm catching up on a, on a few books and yeah. trying to get develop de- development uh, inspired through there. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, and you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's having you know good relationships with your family, you know, and then and in the spiritual aspect. And and I'm I'm going through the same thing. Uh, okay. Kind of same thing. Grew up uh, in the church. You know, my family was kind of in and out of the church yep. or whatever. But uh, you know, I don't know if it was maybe skepticism or whatever, but in my twenties, I was like, ah, oh, you know, it's so formal. It's, you know, but then oh. as you, as you get older, you know, I'm, I'm 37 now. Um, and you know, I have a 14 year old son and, and a, a wife and a family. You're like, you, you, you're, you see, you see things different. You look at oh, the values and you're like, wow. Okay. Now I get it. And that's, that's, you know, that's really, really important. And, so true. you know, and so for me, um, I actually have a, I have a, 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 a personal coach, he, he kind of helps me with my productivity and, and uh, business and, you know, my mindset and stuff. And let, let me ask you, so yeah. the personal coaches, and I see a, a lot of successful people, a lot of people uh, tapping into that. So a, what do you define as a personal coach versus a mentor? Cause I, I'm genuinely, sure. you know, like is a mentor different Is it's like, explain to me. And then when, and why did you seek yeah, man, it's a great question. So for me, um, this is just my experience. Yep. I, you know, God has put, so to me, a mentor is someone that comes into your life and, and it's a little bit more organic and yep. it's, it's someone that, um, kind of helps you unleash a skill or, or some potential that, um, that you, that you may not, you may not even know that you have. Right. And, uh, and kind of sees a little bit of a version of yourself further down the road. And, and I've been very fortunate. I've had really good people come to my life at the most perfect timing, you know, and, and it wasn't always easy. Sometimes, uh, you know, I, I had to get checked with certain things and, and especially sure. growing up. But so to me, this is just my definition. To me, a mentor is uh, kind of someone that kind of comes to your life organically, you're drawn to, and you can you can see uh, maybe a little bit of yourself in them and them, and they can see a little bit of themselves in you, but you're in different phases, right? So it's like, you're kind of like pretty far apart. Um, a coach to me is someone that is, is maybe a little bit more intentional and it's someone like, okay, Hey, I'm going to have, i to hire this person, or I'm going to, even if you don't hire them, however you do it, I'm going to, I'm going to have this person coach me and keep me accountable to help me develop my my skills and my my sales or my business or my mindset or my relationships or whatever it is and it's a little bit more of an intentional it may not be uh as organic or as you know hey i want to be like this person the coach is more of a facilitator a messenger you know so 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 blake on that did you like when you found your coach today did you interview others and then if you if you get one or you hire you start working with someone do you look at them and say, well, where are they in their life and career? Because I'm 100%. not going to listen to someone. Like if this guy with a belly is going to teach me to have a six pack, right. I'm not going to listen to him. Like how Absolutely. do you go through that? 100, 110%, man. And so for me, 
there's a few people in the marketplace that are that are uh, you know high performance coaches or or business coaches, and one of them is a guy named Brendan Bouchard. I don't know if you've ever heard of Brendan Bouchard, but he's um, and you can uh, I'll send you his information, but he okay. you know he he's coached like Usher and uh, he's done stuff with Oprah. He's you know high level yeah high level guy. Well. He has a program that has, uh, I think, like 16 coaches under him. Okay. And so I like his style. His style was always, uh, I feel like I kind of had a similar vibe. He's, he's, you know, he's about, you know, positive energy and being positive, but he's also tough. And, and, and it's like, hey, you got to be firm. You know, you got to be able to, you know, get shit done. And it's like just this good balance. Awesome. You know, and I, and I really like his mindset. So, um. I actually reached out to them and then I was like, Hey, I'm interested in doing some coaching. And then I did a, a few interviews. They, they have a process. They, inter- they sent me through some interviews and they said, Hey, these, these few people might be your best fit. You interview them. And then you just kind of pick the person that you want to roll with. Right. Um, and, and let me ask but, you, and I think it's good for the viewers too, yeah. not to flip the script on you, but yeah. uh, depending on your background and where you're at, even financially, can you sit there and say, you know what? I only have this budget a month and it falls in a bucket of what type of coaches I could get. Like, how does that work? Cause your, your average person can't go and afford $10,000 a month to have access sure. to the greatest person. How, how does that work? Well, so for me, philosophically, I believe in, in reaping what you sow. Right. So, so for me, I kind of have a, I look at it from sort of a, a spiritual perspective. Um, when I'm, when I'm investing in, in coaching or personal development, I'm, I'm sowing into my, myself, I'm, 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 I'm putting, I'm planting good seed. Right. And if I can't do that, then, then there's an issue. Right. So I may not be able to do a thousand dollars a month to 10,000 or whatever, or whoever it is, but I can do something, yep. you know? And so for me, how I started off is, um, I started with where I could say, okay, I can't, I can't afford these crazy expensive coaches, but you know, what I can't afford is to go buy a book, <laughs> you know, and That's great advice. I, yeah. Right. You know, I could, I could go, I could do that. I could afford to go and and take this online course for a hundred bucks, you know, and obviously it has to be relevant to what you're doing and information has to, has to be connected to what you're trying to do. I, I don't, one thing about me is I don't believe in, uh, misalignment with your information. I, I, for me, it's always input equals output. So if my, if my, if my goals and my objectives are to grow a business and to be financially successful, 80% of the information that I need to be paying attention to needs to be aligned with that, you know? And, uh, I think the, one of the biggest challenges that people have is they have these goals like, okay, I want to, I want to lose 30 pounds, or I want to, you know, grow a business, or I want to be good at sales, but then, they don't, their information that they're taking in or even their education doesn't even align with that. Right. So right. it's, it's, to me, it's just being strategic. It, it, you know, you don't have to hire someone, you know, you don't have to hire Tony Robbins and pay $3 million a month. I mean, you, you can literally start where you are. Yep. And I took, I took baby steps. I mean, uh, you know, I took baby steps and then I, I have a, a coach now that um, it's not, it's not cheap, you know, <laughs> but, but it, it's, it's, it's not, it's not beyond where I'm at. So it makes sense. You so know? I guess just last question for you on yeah. that. When you started like full on after the books and actually yep. started working with a coach to wherever you're at and every case is different depending on your motivation and business and whatever. 
but like how soon can you see results just in your own mindset and then financially like is My, there yeah like for you personally have you seen results already even oh wow this is translated financially oh my god man it's so i think it comes mindset first i think uh the first things that you see are the uh, uh, better fruit with your thinking the way you look at things perspective so for me i had a coaching call last night at six o'clock and i you know oftentimes you know human nature is like i really don't want to do this you know i really am not in the mood to to do a coaching call and then after I do it every, every time I'm like, wow, that was amazing. Like I have new insight. There's, it's really what, what it is for me. It just allows me to become more aware of some things that, that can help me grow. Awesome. And the biggest things are accountability. I feel like if I'm accountable to someone once a week or whatever it is, twice or whatever it is, and, and I have to show up and I have to discuss what I have been doing in my business, but also it gives me sort of an opportunity to kind of get things out of my head yeah. And, and have someone as a sounding board it in that in itself is valuable because it allows me to be able to process things better. Yeah. So I think for me, George, the biggest things that I have seen is coaching has helped me uh, process issues better, um, have clarity at a faster rate, be, and then also be able to strategically um, identify my next moves on, on helping, on helping myself. I mean, for, for example, I started coaching with this guy, under that program, uh, last August. Okay. And, um, during that coaching, he, you know, one of the questions that came up was, you know, he was like, okay, Blake, you, you want to, um, you know, connect more nationally and you want to get with some, some, some power players and, you know, you know, cause I knew that's what I wanted to do, but I wasn't, I didn't, wasn't necessarily taking any action towards that. Yep. And so that coaching call, we basically, I held my, I came up with it, but he holds me accountable. It's like, okay, every, every week uh, for, from September through, I think it was end of October, uh, in November, I'm going to connect with two people every week. And you were one of them, right? And yeah. so, and so um, just in that, George, now, not all those That's connections awesome. have been fruitful, but yep. some of them have really been awesome, you know? Absolutely. And look, you know, it's an hour conversation. It's like, yeah. I, I learned something more about you, vice versa. Yeah. You know, next time I'm in Texas, like, you know, let's grab a coffee, let's grab a drink. Let's absolutely let's see where, where it can align 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and then the other thing I was talking with a friend who's a lobbyist, a lobbyist, which you can only say in this country, but he's a senior advisor. And, and he was saying just that. And I agree. Like everyone tries to make a connection thinking, where am I going to capitalize right away? Yeah. This is organically. Hey, we had That's a chat it. today, maybe two years from now, something else could come. Absolutely. Maybe it could happen in a week, but you know, it, it's just, people are too hungry nowadays and yep. we're forcing a lot of stuff. So I, I love that approach. And the beginning of the year, I even told myself, I'm like, George, reach out. I, mine was like once a week, new type of business development opportunity where I wasn't doing last year because we were just so busy. Absolutely. And Busy, the term busy is the root of everyone thinks they're busier than the next person. And it's not a competition, right? right? And it's the biggest excuse. I'm too busy to go to the gym, too busy to do this, I'm too busy to do daily. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's a, it's a poisonous word, you know? It's, it's priorities, you know, and, and, and where your values line, it, whatever your values are is where your priorities are and where your actions and where your time is, you for know? Sure. And uh, I'm just a big believer in alignment. And so for me, um, I, I just think just I think coaching will help you just help somebody be in alignment, but but it's not the end all be all. And I think uh, 
I think just personal accountability, but the more clarity that you can have and the more you can be in line with your values, which I know it sounds like that you are, and I do the, I do the best that I can, where it's like every week, every Sunday, I, I write out my, my calendar for the weekend, my, my, my values, uh, the things that are priorities, which is my business, my family, my health, my fitness, um, Absolutely. you know, my, my, my spiritual, my spiritual uh, relationship with God. I mean, I put those on the calendar first, you yep. know, and, and because that's, if, if you don't do that, then you're, you're going to find, like you were saying, you're always going to be too busy. You're always going to yep. let something drag you uh, around and, and take you off, you know, from, from what's important to you. So, yeah, man, I think we, we live in this, uh, you know, the social media world, which is really, really cool. Cause obviously we, we connected that way. And, yep. and I think if you use it intentionally, but like you said, like not from a place of what can I get, but for me, it's, I just want to connect with people that, that, Number one, I can be inspired by. Uh, I can have uh, you know mental stimulation, inspiration from them, and then and then number two, that are that are like minded, that are going after similar things. They don't have to be the same industry, but Absolutely. just people that are hungry for growth, positivity, and success. If I can connect with that man, it doesn't matter if you're selling surfboards or it 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 it, it doesn't matter. Amen. Yeah, it's, you know what I mean. It's Absolutely. just. It's just that camaraderie, you know, and I think, um, you know, there's there's a lot of negativity in the world. So I was like, man, there's but there's a bunch of good people. I just think, you know, you got to you got to reach out. And you got to connect, you know, I, and if that's the key takeaway out of anything, 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah, I, I definitely appreciate it. We're, we're going to continue to keep dialogue going, you know, on, yeah, on my end, on your end. But uh, yeah. this is awesome, man. And I love I love what you're doing. Yeah, George, it was a pleasure. It was a, a pleasure, man, to, to have you on. And uh, I'll connect with you uh, after this. We'll, we'll stay connected. Yep. But um, just thanks for thanks for being on, man. I'm excited to kind of see your growth. And, and uh, one day I like to do something international. So so you, you've inspired me to think outside the box. Maybe it's real estate. I don't know. Um, but I, I would cool. love to be a part of that. Like whatever it is, navigating that, you know, and on the next conversation, we'll talk about the real estate effort that I did in Absolutely. Europe and the TV show. And there's a lot, but let, let's definitely stay connected. Awesome. Thanks, George. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Have a good rest of your week. You too, my man. Take oh, man. care. Thanks. Yep.